0: you can't be proactive all the time as a parent. It's literally impossible. And so what we mean by being proactive is being proactive wherever you can be, because we really want those curveballs to be the exception and not the rule. Because the families that are the most overwhelmed are the ones that are doing that whack-a-mole parenting that we talk about, where they're just putting out fires as things crop up, just trying to get problems to stop. And what we see when parents get really proactive in areas where they can be proactive is that then when life throws the curveball, it's like not quite as overwhelming because other things are in place. Or another great example is you had a plan for whatever it is, and then you realize you have to tweak the plan. But because you had a plan, you're not starting from scratch. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So
1: join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults.
0: Well, hello, future focused parents. Welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira here in the laundry room. Dina is there on the totes in the coat closet. <laughs> and we're so happy to be back with you for another episode. I gotta check in with Miss Dina. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. My totes are holding up well. I was <laughs> I was telling Kira before we recorded that we got out our fall decor. Recently, and it it made me really appreciate and miss my desk that Sienna took back to college because it was quite quite the shuffling. But you know what? I'm back. I'm on my totes. One of them is empty now. It's all right. <laughs> and I'm I'm I feel like I'm getting good at it. Actually, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm I learning feel like all you the need ropes.
0: Your own podcast, like Confessions from the Coat Closet, Ooh, like just that's... the stories that. That evolve in that coat closet. That is a
1: great title, Kira. Nice <laughs> wordsmithing.
0: Thank you, thank you. I've Word learned nerd from you. proves. I like. I it. know. I've learned confessions
1: from the coat <laughs> closet.
0: <laughs> so we have kind of a funny thing to say today, which is, at the time of this recording, uh, because this episode, what's today? Today is October fifth. If that is re- we're recording, for those of you listening, it is October eighteenth. Um, And so we, on October 5th, have no idea what the decision was or, or will be about whether the show is going past 2021. So we decided that if the decision becomes, I mean, you guys know what it is. You've already heard it. Isn't that weird? It's like a time warp. This is bizarre. It's like a weird multiverse thing. Anyway. You all know what we've decided, but Dina and I at the time of this recording have no idea what was decided. And so in, in the interest of making sure that if we do have to close the show at the end of 2021, that we have given you all the tools that you need for your toolbox, we decided it was really important to do an episode on the three pillars of the future focused parenting philosophy, because we have talked about these two of them in different episodes But we've really never come at it from that holistic approach of like, what is the philosophy? How do we apply it? And we do that when we do speaking engagements, but we haven't really done it on the show. So we decided we're going to do a whole episode on our three pillars today. Like, what is future-focused parenting? What are the three pillars of that? So that's the plan for today. But before we dive in, we do just want to thank all of you who have hopped on as future-focused patrons. It has been really remarkable and beautiful to see how many people love and care about this show and how many people have actually reached out and messaged and emailed and all the things. So we do thank you. And even though Dina and I don't know what the decision was, I can tell you that today at the time of this recording, um, we are very moved and touched by what we've seen. So thank you so much to all of you.
1: Yeah, I feel particularly, I think it's been neat on two, two facets of it have been particularly moving. One is the impact, the global impact of the podcast, seeing people hop on from other parts of the world with which we've mentioned before, but also people choosing to come on and then pick their own dollar amount level and not choose the $5 a month. That's been really special to see too, where some people are like, I'm going to support this at $10 a month, or I want to give more. And I think that's been really heartwarming for us to see no matter what has already happened. <laughs>
0: No matter what we have decided. Yes, I was gonna say no matter what happens, but it already did. So no matter what yeah. our future selves decided. Yes. It's so weird. It like hurts
1: my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're getting to travel back in time, FFPs. Yeah. But
0: this is a great example of like why we were why we were struggling, right? Like we're recording we always record several episodes ahead of ourselves in case someone gets sick. Or life happens, right? Because we don't want our listeners to not have their weekly content. And so this is some of the things that we do is sometimes we're batch recording, doing a couple at a time to make sure we're covered so that we can get a break. And those are the intense periods of time that have caused us to, you know, be considering whatever it is that we decided. (laughs) All right, moving on. Let's talk about the three pillars of the future-focused parenting philosophy. Dina,
1: would you? would you like
0: to share pillar number one?
1: Yes. And it's perfect because we always start with our why. And there is a why for doing this episode, which you hinted at. We want people to have that foundation and that basis to know how to go out and be a future focused parent in all of the situations that confront you in case we're done at the end of the year. But the first pillar is also the why. So We call this pillar figure out your why, and there is an entire episode on this topic, so we encourage you to check that out for a deeper dive, and we'll certainly link to that in the show notes. But I do want to just highlight it either for those of you who are a newer listener Or maybe you just would appreciate a refresher, even if you've heard it. And the why is really the foundation of all the rest of the pillars and the rest of the philosophy. And that's because we've really come to see how powerful a why is when you're executing the difficult, sometimes repetitive and exhausting facets of parenthood. So what we often share is the little vignette that Jillian Michaels, the celebrity trainer, has said, if you have a strong enough why, you can tolerate almost any how. Never is that more true than in parenting, (laughs) because some of the what's and how's of parenting, well, frankly, they're difficult and frustrating. (laughs) And some days you're just going to feel like you're over it. But if you know why you're doing what you're doing, it does make it, I wouldn't say easy, but easier to make the right decision for your family and for your children in light of that adult that you're trying to raise. So another great way to think about this is that why is what helps you make decisions that are best rather than than the ones that are easy or might just seem expedient or are going to just shut down the tantrum in the moment or whatever it is. Which is which is definitely tempting, right? For us as parents to sometimes want to just get whatever's happening to stop or just solve this small, little P problem without an eye on the bigger P problem that will come five, seven years later. So the why is what drives that. And we really encourage families to whittle their why, their overarching why. And we'll talk about what we mean more about that in a moment. But your overarching why is what are you aiming at? What kind of adult are you trying to raise? What kind of person do you hope you send out into the world? And we encourage families to whittle that down to just a word or a really short phrase. So for instance, Kira's overarching why is raising mentally and emotionally healthy and happy kids who become mentally and emotionally healthy and happy adults. And my overarching why is raising children who become adults of character and integrity with that that strong moral compass, I guess you could say. So we encourage you to boil it down, get really clear on that, because that really informs the next piece.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I give the example of the grocery store all the time. I'm going to give it again because it's a really good one that you've got, you know, your kiddo is melting down in aisle nine because you won't give them Cocoa Puffs. I don't know why I always pick Cocoa Puffs, but they're very chocolatey and sugary. So even though Dina and I have totally different overarching whys, the how is going to look really similar, but the why is going to be the thing that we hold on to. As we get down to our child's level and talk them through their feelings, right? So Dina's doing it because she wants adults of character and integrity that understand how they impact the people around them. Right, that behave and move through the world with that strong moral compass. And I'm getting down on their level because I want them to be emotionally and mentally healthy and happy. And so I need to give them the tools that they need to self-regulate. But the how looks exactly the same for us, even though the whys are totally different, but we're clinging to our why, like holding on for dear life to our whys (laughs) as we get down, instead of going, Oh fine, here's the cocoa puffs. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the big difference, right? Yeah, because
1: that how especially in a public place in a public setting like that getting down an aisle 9 with somebody who might be doing what did we call it age appropriate limb flailing limb flailing is really hard but your yeah. why helps you make that decision that's best yeah exactly so
0: the second pillar are the values and we have done a whole episode on this as well and we will make sure to link to it in the show notes and for those of you that have subscribed to the newsletter you know that you get a whole newsletter on How do you form your family's values? And we give you a framework and a like a template. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, don't forget you can do that on our website or go to bit.ly slash Raising Adults Podcast and you'll get that. But the whys of the family values are really those little whys. So you've got your overarching why, you know, raising adults of integrity and character or raising mentally and emotionally healthy and happy adults. And then the values that your family upholds are really the stepping stones to that Overarching why. And again, some of these things are going to cross over in households with totally different overarching whys. Dina's and I did as a great example. We both had integrity on ours. But for her, that was really like the big E on the I chart, right? But for me, if I'm going to raise emotionally and mentally healthy and happy kids, they need to be adults of integrity. That's part of actually being emotionally healthy, right? So those little whys are those family values. And every set of values is going to be different from family to family. But as we've said before, we really encourage you to know what they are. And for those of you who haven't done this exercise, honestly, most families are parenting toward a set of values without even realizing it. But when you sit down and get clarity on that, you write them down. Integrity kindness, diligence, emotional intelligence, compassion. I mean, these are just some of the examples of stuff that are on our lists. When you write them down and you define them and you hang them on the wall and Dina even had like songs attached to hers and you can have pictures or whatever, they get embedded in your child's framework. And you can parent toward them a lot more easily. So the example I give all the time is if I see one of my kids making an unkind choice, well, kindness is one of our family values. So I'll point it out and say, hey, you know that? that doesn't seem like the kindest choice. And we really value kindness in our home. Can you pick a kinder way of saying that? Or if I notice that they've really shown diligence, because that's another one on our list, I'll say, wow, you showed such diligence there. You know, we really value diligence in our home. Thank you for upholding our family values. So it's just a really wonderful way to create that strong foundation. So you've got your overarching why, and then you've got these little whys, these stepping stones that help you raise that adult into that overarching person that you're trying to raise.
1: That's exactly it. The overarching why will really inform your list. And we do, we're nerds, but we, we both had a list and we do encourage you to make a list. And if nothing else to at least have the definition with your value so that you know, what does it mean to us? What does this look like in our home? It might not even be the dictionary definition. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be, Mm -hmm. but I think that really helps. And they inform So that overarching why is going to inform what are the things that it takes to get there. And -hmm. then that's how you build it. So definitely check out that episode that takes a deeper dive. Or if you haven't, get on the newsletter list because you'll get some really great help with that. But you also get the calendar of character traits. And so there's 12 examples there of values that you might end up resonating with that could help you at least get a good start on your own list.
0: And, you know, one of the questions we get a lot is, should my children be involved in that? conversation about the family values. Um, so let's talk about that for a second because it's a great question. and We've never really talked about that on the show. Um, and I would say I think a lot depends on the age of your kiddos. So if they can be a part of that conversation, you know, they're, I don't know, seven seven up. It, it would be interesting to hear, you know, what they feel like the values should be and to allow them to be a part of that conversation. Rem- reminding you, though, as parents that you get to make the final decision because you're the parents. But what a beautiful opportunity To say, you know, your input really matters to me. I value your opinion. You know, what do you think our family values should be? And if you've got tinies or you're still expecting, it's a great idea to do this as a team, as a parenting team, whoever that is to you. Whether you have a partner or there's grandparents involved or or whatever it may be. And then you can always then, when the kids are older, reflect back and talk about it and see if there's anything you want to update. You want to add anything to
1: that, Dina? No, what she said, everybody. (laughs) Exactly right awesome that's exactly what i would have said is it depends on the age
0: oh my goodness ffps i'm so excited that we get to talk to you about the cozy app today because when cozy approached us i told dina i can't believe this i already use the cozy app (laughs) and i love it so the fact that we are getting an opportunity to tell you guys about it is so
1: cool Yeah, pretty serendipitous. So you FFPs, if you're starting to finally feel busy again, your calendar's filling up, you've got more events and kids activities than all of the entire last year combined, why not do your future self a favor and get Cozy? Yeah,
0: Cozy is the number one organizing app that families use to juggle all the things, the schedules, the practices, the doctor's appointments, all the things and it was named a must-have app for a better
1: life by the today show which does not surprise me because we use it all the time and you can set it up so everyone knows who is doing what when and where cozy will even send you emails every morning with the day's agenda so there'll be no more missed pickups or double bookings yeah so here's how
0: it works cozy actually tracks everyone's schedules and events in one place with a shared color-coded calendar which is really cool and then it reminds everybody about those events so that you don't have to and it's super easy to get started. You can even pull in events from your family's personal work and school
1: calendars. And the best part? It's my favorite price. Free. (laughs) All you have to do is download Cozy Family Organizer from the App Store. That's C-O-Z-I to get the free app today.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It helps with all these other things too. Like Dave and I, you can share lists. So he has like a honeydew list and I can put things on the list. We have a shared shopping list. So when we run out of things, he can put it on the shopping list. If I find a recipe online that I love, I can just hit like the button that allows all the ingredients to go into my shopping list on Cozy. It is so convenient. It helps with
1: organizing your whole life. And remember, it's all free. Just download Cozy from your app store. That's C-O-Z-I. And you can get started today. The third pillar we haven't done an entire episode on, and this is the idea of being proactive rather than reactive which you've heard us say and being preventative rather than diagnostic so the phrase we use is take a proactive approach and so we'll spend a little more time on this since it doesn't have its own episode that we can just conveniently refer you to and and there are a couple of ways that that it kind of fleshes out practically but Kira maybe you can just intro the concept for us and explain what are we even talking about when we say being proactive as a parent what is that
0: yeah it's so it's such a great question because Sometimes it's really hard to be proactive as a parent because life doesn't give you time <laughs> to be proactive. It just throws stuff at you and goes, "Deal with it." It does like to do that, <laughs> yeah. And and so and and we want to acknowledge that. Like, you can't be proactive all the time as a parent. It's literally impossible. And so, what we mean by being proactive is being proactive wherever you can be, because we really want those curveballs to be the exception and not the rule. Because the families that are the most overwhelmed are the ones that are doing that whack-a-mole parenting that we talk about, where they're just putting out fires as things crop up, just trying to get problems to stop. And what we see when parents get really proactive in areas where they can be proactive is that then when life throws the curveball, it's like not quite as overwhelming because other things are in place. Or another great example is you had a plan for whatever it is, and then you realize you have to tweak the plan But because you had a plan, you're not starting from scratch. You're not underwater, you're starting above the water. And so all you have to do is just change course, make that course correction and tweak your plan. But you're a lot more prepared. You have a sense of what you're gonna do. You've given it some thought. You're parenting with intention, which is so important to us. You've linked it back to your why and your family values. And so yes, of course you're gonna have to course correct all the time in parenting. And of course there's gonna be moments where just that whack-a-mole happens, where it's like, here it is, and now I have to react. But we really find that when you're proactive, you're less reactive. And so it just keeps the waters calmer so that when those big things happen, you have the energy and the bandwidth to deal with it because you aren't spending all that energy dealing with everything in a reactive manner.
1: It's so true. And it is so much easier, I think, to have to tweak a plan on the fly than to create one on the fly. You know, trying to create a plan in the moment is difficult if not impossible but saying oh we we need to change the plan that's a little more manageable so that's that's a really helpful aspect of of being proactive and i appreciate you acknowledging though i mean life will throw you stuff so this is about making the moments where you're on your heels being the anomaly a, as much as possible because it will happen we're all on the struggle bus sometimes So there's a couple of ways you can do this. And and really, the main distinction is just the proximity to the event. So one way to be proactive is in a pretty long, kind of far proximity. The event is still in the future. And that is with the idea of making a plan for something that you see coming down your parenting pipeline. That might be you have a toddler, and you see that potty training is maybe in the future. Well, what a great opportunity to sit down with your parenting team and talk about what is our philosophy even on potty training? Are we going to let this be a little more child directed? Are we going to direct it? If we do, what method do we like to just have a plan so that when you start seeing your toddler display the signs of toilet readiness, you know how you're going to handle that. That's one way to be proactive when you see something coming. Another one would be if you have early teens and driving is coming up. It's a great time before they turn whatever age it is in your state and you're like, ah, we got to find a driver's ed class to talk about. Will we provide a car? Will we provide insurance? How are we going to handle gas money? Do we want them to help with that? What kind of rules might we have around driving? Are we going to do a driving contract? Talking about that in advance sets you up much better than just reacting. And the other nice thing is if you have multiple children, you have a plan as each one kind of hits that benchmark, you know, oh, this is how we handle the whole car and driving thing. So that's one way to be proactive is look at what's coming that you can control and predict and make a plan for it. There's another way that is in just a closer proximity to the event where you can be proactive by giving your children a chance to understand expectations and maybe even do some of that practicing and rehearsing that we talk about so much and really love. And that is, say, you have an event coming up, maybe even this weekend or even that evening, and you want to help your children know how to handle the event. Say you're going to a nice dinner at your boss's house A great way to be proactive is use some time that day or even in the car ride over to talk through what you expect to maybe if they're old enough, some question and answer. Okay, can you remind me how to ask for something politely? What kind of manners might you use when you're introduced to our host? What are you going to do and say? And we talk through again, looking in the eye or shaking hands or whatever those things are and reminding them things like here's. Here's how we're going to handle asking to use the restroom or let's practice what to do if you get offered a food that you don't care for. Now you're taking the time to help them be successful at this event. You're communicating the expectations because most children actually can really rise to meet your expectations, but they've got to know about them. We can't be frustrated with a child who doesn't meet our expectations if we didn't communicate them. So this gives you the chance to communicate the expectations, but also can give you a little chance for that back and forth, some practicing and some role modeling. And what Kira and I love about being proactive in this way is you are also then by default catching on to that being preventative piece, because what you've done now is set yourself up for a pleasant evening around the table that is not punctuated by things like, ew, green beans, I hate green beans, or hey, I have to poop, Um, which I admitted to Kira before we started recording (laughs) that um, I had a child do this at a restaurant, and it wasn't my favorite (laughs) I'll tell you, it is part of why we uh, really reminded them of the sign language we'd been using and that they could show me with their hands that they needed a brown toilet visit <laughs> without announcing it to half the wait staff. So... I love this piece because when we're proactive in this way, you prevent some of those embarrassing moments that honestly, your kid was just being a kid. You know, they're not Mm -hmm. trying to be a stinker when they do those things, but we have a chance to set them up to not do those things. And it goes a long way to learn things like, may I ask where the restroom is? And oh, no, thank you. I don't care for those, but passing them on to the next person. you know, Those kinds of things, you just keep yourself out of so much trauma as a parent where I literally wanted the floor to just open and swallow me. So no one was like, who is this mother that allows this? And you can just stay away from that. You don't need the floor to create a chasm to eat you if you do this this way.
0: Well, and I think what's so important about what you just said, because again, life's that's going to happen. Like You're such a proactive parent and look, that happened to you, right? It still happened. But that's a great example of where you can then turn reactivity into proactivity. So Yes, we had a situation crop up and oh my gosh, the floor, you know, like you just wanted to like fall into a hole, but I'm willing to bet that you then took that opportunity to say, "Hey, next time." Ding, ding, I'd ding. like right, I'd like you to remember and and I we talk about this a lot. I do this with my kids a lot like, "Hey, I'm not upset with you. Just FYI for next time, here's yes. what I expect." That is being proactive. Yes, you had to react cuz life threw it at you or You had a blind spot or whatever, because we're human, Mm -hmm. that happens. But then choosing to then use a reactive moment to be proactive. Ta-da, look what you've done.
1: Well, and you know what else? That's so kind to our children, because it takes away our maybe tendency or temptation to be frustrated in the moment, because we can remind ourselves also they didn't know. And sometimes they know and make a mistake and we have to do some redirection. But if they truly didn't know... Then your moment where you might have been, oh, I had to react, you turn it around to be proactive because it's a learning opportunity and it is our job to teach them. And when you say it to them like that, that also, also removes any shame for them. It's like, that's okay. You didn't know, but I'd like to teach you how to handle that. So if this happens again, exactly. <laughs> you know, fill in the blank.
0: Exactly. I will also add something that for parents to consider where I see conversations that really, probably should have happened either before you have a baby (laughs) or some of you are probably dealing with this right now. So let me tell you, you can course correct. If you were not proactive with this conversation, guess what? You can sit down tonight and have this conversation and become proactive. And that is around discipline. Having a conversation about how do we want to discipline our children? What are our deal breakers? What are the things that we're not willing to do? What are the things we're comfortable doing? What's our vision for that? Parents, it will do you such an enormous service to be proactive around this and to really talk through how discipline is going to match your value system, your overarching why. Do those things line up? That is an amazing and important conversation that is really key to the whole proactive parenting thing.
1: I agree. I think you would agree that this is the topic we have done the most coaching on when parents reach out for private coaching there are sometimes other things but the primary questions we get are around discipline in terms of what it looks like and how to get it to match what works for their family but also how they can get on the same page about it so the parental unity piece is is a big deal here too and i could not agree more laying a foundation for this is so important. But even if you haven't, have the chat because this will impact almost more of what you do than any other topic. And that is that decision of what do we allow? What don't we allow? If something crops up that we don't allow, what are our consequences that we are comfortable with? How will we handle that? What do we do differently if we're in public? Maybe, you know, all of that. It's such a big conversation. So, Because
0: if you have a plan, plan, then you're just executing the plan. Yes. And the stakes for you become so much lower Lower. than if you're like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? do?" do? (laughs) How am I going to handle this? Um, And again, kids are going to throw you all kinds of situations no matter how prepared you are. But if you've been either disciplining in a certain way or you're feeling like you're growing the discipline muscle based on what you've decided and Mm -hmm. how you feel comfortable, you're a lot more likely to be able to make a snap decision that's steeped in your values um, if you've been practicing that. Yes. And so this is this is one of those things that I would say is is particularly important.
1: Yeah, and that's what's so great. I mean, that's you actually did a great segue to kind of wrapping up because when you practice doing this, it starts to become the place you operate from and it yes. does become a habit over time and then it's not hard and you're finding yourself far less often going, what do I do? Yep. You might still say, wow, I wasn't expecting that. However, based on my values and my why, I know what I'm going to do here. And that makes such a difference. So just to review these three, because they're the big ones, the first one, figure out your why, uphold your family's values, make the list if you haven't, we really encourage it, and then take a proactive approach. Now, you might've noticed those little phrases, they start with the letters F, figure out your why, U, uphold your values, and T, take a proactive approach. We actually have a recorded webinar that spells the whole word future And it starts with those three pillars that we just talked about today. And then the last three letters go into, and how does that look? What are the things you do to employ this? So I really would encourage you to check that out if you haven't before, because it's a great program and it's only an hour long.
0: And you can find that on our website. So thank you for being with us today for another episode. Uh, We are excited to be back with you next week, where we still won't know. what well, we decided but we have a guest so that's okay um and thank you again to our future focused patrons we literally could not be doing this without you like quite literally um so thank you thank you thank you and for more information you can always go to our website futurefocusedparenting.com. parenting.com at the bottom is the place where you can sign up to our newsletter at the bottom of the homepage, or you can go to bit.ly slash Raising Adults Podcast. So if you're interested in creating a family value system, if you want to look at those 12 character traits that can be a part of that value system, um, we also do some great stuff on chores in those newsletters, that's the place to sign up. So do check that out. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Future Focused Parenting. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app. We always appreciate that. And then you'll never miss an episode, no matter how many we have left. Uh, (laughs) Thanks so much for being with us. And we look forward to being back with you next week. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet on the totes. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee and editing by the amazing Allison Pricey Thanks for listening.